Hello and welcome to this week's Next Sense Institute podcast. My name is Trudy Smith and I am the host for this podcast and it's my very great pleasure to speak to Lauren Suter today. She's a lady that I have admired from afar for a little while and it's so great to meet you today, Lauren. Can you please introduce yourself to the audience? Well, hi, I'm Lauren Suter. Um, I am profoundly deaf with uh, two bilateral implants. Um, so my sort of hearing story is that I was born with um, no hearing in my left ear and then a little bit of hearing in my right. So I got a hearing aid um, for a couple of months. And then in kindergarten, I lost all my hearing, so I couldn't hear anything. And then I got, um, about six months later, I got implanted with cochlear implants. And then now I'm here. So yeah, so um, I've ju I just recently just finished high school and I've just started my uh, first year of university. I'm studying at Sydney University and I'm doing a Bachelor of Science, Bachelor of Advanced Studies, majoring in Environmental Science and Environmental Studies. It's a bit of a mouthful, I know. Um, and then, so yeah, that's a bit about me and what I'm doing now. Sounds very, very interesting. And there are a few things in there we're definitely going to tease out in the conversation. I'm curious, Lauren, if you're doing Environmental Science, is that something that you've always been interested in when people said to you at high school, what do you want to be at the post-school? Is that the answer that you gave or have you had a bit of a journey of careers? Absolutely. Um, I think environmental science, probably from about uh, around year nine when I was about 15, it's probably something that I said become more aware about, particularly climate change. And um, I just I just really grew a passion from it. Like I used to have a passion for animals. For the longest time when I was younger, I remembered I wanted to be a vet. And then that sort of just developed into like, I went, I became a passion became passion for like the whole environment. Um, and so what I hope to do with my degree, I guess, is either go into research or perhaps maybe look at the more sustainable development side, like, you know, helping um, governments and organizations with like sustainable plans, um, you know, with the growing crisis of um, climate change. I guess, yeah. Mm. And I think it's it's great to hear that, that people are mobilising for the environment. You know, we're, we're in the period at the moment where we're watching governments make decisions about where we're going to go. And we talk about net, net zero in, in 2050. That feels far mm. too late as well. Is, are you feeling more motivated perhaps because of the things like we've seen recently, like the bushfires that we had in Australia and the, the wild weather? Is that something that motivated you or is it something that you've just your peers are talking about a lot? I guess it's definitely something that my peers talk about a lot, but I guess for me, it's also because I have a passion for it and because I think I, I feel like that's where I can make the, the biggest impact on the world, I guess a bit cliche to say that, but I guess I also feel like regardless of whether climate change, um, like say sorry, where climate change like didn't exist, I think it's, we still have an obligation to help the environment and to, you know, treat the environment with um, care and, you know, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, couldn't couldn't agree more. Did you feel like there were any barriers to, to wanting to do a, a, the, the degrees that you're doing at the moment? Well, you know, I haven't really felt, I didn't feel a barrier like getting into university or, you know, I never had anyone come up to me like, hey, you can't do this because you're deaf, which I'm lucky. I mean, I'm lucky that um, in Australia that, you know, hearing loss isn't so much as a taboo thing, I think, compared to perhaps maybe other countries. Um, and because I don't speak a deaf tone and because I have like really long hair, you can't see my implants, people don't often don't see me as deaf because I present I don't present as deaf. 
Um, and so like what I call myself a hearing speaking deaf person, because that's what it is. That's what I am. I so do that's, find yeah, that's your identity as, as that yeah. hearing speaking deaf yeah. person. Yeah. I, I, do, I guess if we're talking about barriers I found with my hearing loss, I guess you could talk about, I've had a couple, I guess learning barriers in the classroom and things. Like, I guess there's an, a lack of understanding that because um, I guess particularly for someone on, obviously there's a spectrum of hearing loss. And I guess for people in sort of my sort of position, there's definitely people don't think that we need help or that we need access. And so that's definitely something I've had to advocate for myself and be like, hey, actually, I do need help. My hearing isn't perfect. It's far from it. I don't hear as well as the average person. Sure. And so have there been people or have there been opportunities that have helped you overcome those difficulties, Lauren? Throughout high school, I had a um, hearing itinerant, um, my hearing itinerant, Sue, and she really helped me to, I guess, come to terms with my hearing loss as well. Because I remember in year seven, it was something I, it was like a question of why for me, like, I struggle with that. Obviously, studying um, high school, it's a big thing for anyone, but with a hearing loss, it can be even harder. Um, and so she really just helped me to, I just, I learned to advocate for myself. I learned to be like, um, stand up and be like, um, I'm, I'm a lot more forward now about needing, getting access, particularly, um, like particularly during my HSC, I really had to push to get those um, disability provisions I needed for my exams in order to for me to be put on an equal footing with my peers, with my hearing peers. So yeah, she just really helped me. And I just, I just learned to use my voice um, to help myself get over those sort of barriers. Yeah. Sure. And and have you needed to use your voice when now that you've started at the university? Oh uh, yes, yeah. I definitely um at university I've been um they've been incredibly supportive and so were my high school. They were incredibly supportive and understanding. They gave me what I needed. Um, and that's been this, my same experience at university. Um, I've definitely had to email maybe a couple of extra times to get captions up on the videos and the lectures and things like that, but they've been completely understanding and they've um, given me everything that I've needed. And so I feel that I can sort of accomplish, accomplish my goals to the best of my ability because now I have this access and I have this support. It's wonderful that you are such a strong advocate for yourself and, and asking for those things as well. What advice would you give a student who's deaf or hard of hearing considering, you know, speaking up for themselves or, you know, thinking about next year going to university and the kinds of conversation they're going to have? What advice have you got for that teenager? I guess what I would try and tell them is, and especially something I would tell my, my younger self, try and, I guess, try and, try and be really proud of who you are. Advocate for yourself. Don't be afraid to ask for help, I think. Like, don't be afraid. If you need help getting, if you need help getting over those barriers, or there's a barrier there that you can't get over yourself, ask for help. I think that's the best thing. That's the best thing I can do. That I wish when I was younger that I would have asked for help more often, because I know I needed it, but I didn't ask for help. Yep. Do you find that the world is willing to have those conversations with you, teachers and and support provisions? Do you find that? Um, that it is that easy just to, to speak up and, and ask. And it's often, a, I often wonder if it, is it just that, that people didn't realise and so by having you speak up, you make them aware of what's needed or have you found that you've had to, to push a little bit? I definitely think I definitely have had to push a little bit. Um, there was a scenario where, uh, so completing the HSC, um, I, I unfortunately wasn't able to get all my disability provisions. So I had a bit of a, a fight with um, Neza, the education in charge of um, completing the HSE thing. Um, and so I got all, the, all my other provisions, but they didn't give me my extra time. And despite um, we, 
gave them several pieces of data and we, we kept we kept fighting and they just in the end they just they were stubborn and they just didn't let me have my provisions um and I think is I needed that extra time because as someone with a hearing loss, it takes me a lot longer to process things. You know how teachers always joke, they say, you need to read the question twice. I usually have to read it three or four times in order to actually understand what's, um, what the question's asking of me. And so I needed that extra time to sort of put myself in the same level as my hearing peers, like going into the exam. And unfortunately, Meza didn't understand that. And so, and the thing is as well, it was only, that was the case in New South Wales. I know that in all the other states in Australia, they allow you, if you have a hearing loss, they allow you to have extra time for your end of year 12 exams. And it was just, I guess it was just strange that Neza wasn't, and I've had numerous people come through the system asking for extra time, people with hearing loss. And each time there's a big stop sign saying no. Mm. And it's just, it's, I guess it's really disappointing because you would think, that they would want to, um, I guess their goal is to allow everyone to be on that set, sort of same platform going into the exam. Everyone can have sort of the best. Yeah, I, yeah I've always thought that the reasonable adjustments were there to, to level the playing field, to make mm. sure that everyone's being assessed yeah, and equitably. And yeah. That wasn't what happened in my scenario. So I guess going back to your prior question, I guess I've been lucky in that. Um, I've had, I guess, both sides. Obviously, I sort of experienced that. Uh, discrimination, I guess, is a strong word, but it's definitely, it definitely, it's definitely how I felt because I just thought, I guess, it was unreasonable that it, they didn't really provide a substantial reason as to why I didn't get my extra time. And so, I guess, in that, I had sort of that negative experience with them. But I find, um, and because I'm such an open person, I like to, I don't mind talking about my hearing loss. I guess. I don't, I, I enjoy when people ask me questions about it because it gives me a chance to talk about it and, you know, phrase that awareness about hearing loss and that's not, you know, that's on a spectrum and that it's, yeah. Mm, I think you're a very strong advocate and I, I agree, Lauren. I think um, reasonable adjustments are designed to level the playing field and it, it, I think what is disappointing is that it's not consistent. You know, exactly. we, if, if all exactly. the other states recognise that this is yeah. such a very simple thing to do to give you that extra processing time, that it does seem a strange decision. Um, I'm relieved that we don't lose an environmental warrior, that you still got yeah. through your year 12 and have signed up to the university. And we look forward to, to watching your contribution to uh, environmental design and advocacy. And I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for talking Thank to me. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. It was great to be here.